Welcome back to The Daily Poem. I'm David Kern, and today's Thursday, October 8th, 2020. Today's poem is by an American poet named Louise Glick. She was born in 1943, April of 1943. And word came down, uh, I believe this morning or, or yesterday perhaps, that she was being awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature in 2020. She's won many major literary awards, including the National Humanities Medal, the Pulitzer Prize, the National Book Award, and others. But to win the Nobel Prize in Literature is, of course, a huge deal. So what I want to do today is, in honor of that and in recognition of that, I want to read uh, a couple of poems by her. I'm going to read three different poems by Louise Glick. And before I read those three poems, I'm just going to share a few comments uh, that you can find online about her canon, about her work. And each of the particular comments that I'm going to uh, share with you right now before I read those three poems come from The Guardian's article on Glick winning the Nobel Prize. Quote, The chair of the Nobel Prize Committee, Anders Olsen, hailed Glick's candid and uncompromising voice, which is, quote, full of humor and biting wit. Her 12 collections of poetry, including her most recent Faithful and Virtuous Night, the Pulitzer Prize winning The Wild Iris, and the masterly Averno, are characterized by a striving for clarity, he added, comparing her to Emily Dickinson with her severity and unwillingness to accept simple tenets of faith. The news was welcomed by her fellow poets. Claudia Rankine told The Guardian that she was so pleased. Something good had to happen, Rankine said. She's a tremendous poet, a great mentor, and a wonderful friend. I couldn't be happier. We are in a bleak moment in this country, and we as poets continue to imagine our way forward. Louise has spent a lifetime showing us how to make language both mean something and hold everything. Louise Glick is a very quotable poet. You can look her up on Instagram, Kate Clancy said. But it's worth noting that her resonant aphorisms are always spoken by ironized voices. A wild iris, for example. Her poems are austere, difficult, very much alive. I've always admired her. And then finally, I want to share this brief paragraph from Michael Schmidt, who works with Glick's UK publisher, who said, quote, What the Academy seems to have done is they've gone for a poet who is, in a sense, aesthetically, imaginatively at odds with the age. She's not a cheerleader. She's in no way a voice for any cause. She's a human being engaged in the language and in the world. And I think there's this wonderful sense that she is not polemical, and maybe this is what's being celebrated. She's not a person trying to persuade us of anything, but helping us to explore the world we're living in. She's a clarifying poet. There doesn't seem to be much political engagement in her poems. They're really about the individual human being alive in the world and in the language. Okay, so with those comments, I'm going to read, um, let's do uh, three different poems here. This first one is from April of 1966. It appeared in Poetry Magazine. It's called Anniversary. It goes like this. Well, November's hit Paris again. The Times records a mean temperature of 38. Bunched about the Madeleine, flower sellers ostrich the future with their noses rigorously immersed in stale roses. Or so I remember. Incredibly, it was the 21st last week, and my affections turned out limber after all. Oh, Stephen, we'd have been married now. I've still got our china, some broken and some linen, but the first I've really thought of you for months was just tonight when, with my fork suspended, I was saying how I loved New York. The second poem that I want to read is from January 2006, also in Poetry Magazine. It's called The Evening Star. This is how it goes. 
tonight, for the first time in many years, there appeared to me again a vision of the earth's splendor. In the evening sky the first star seemed to increase in brilliance as the earth darkened, until at last it could grow no darker. And the light, which was the light of death, seemed to restore to earth its power to console. There were no other stars, only the one whose name I knew, as in my other life I did her injury. Venus, star of the early evening, to you I dedicate my vision, since on this blank surface you have cast enough light to make my thought visible again. And the last poet that I, po the last poem that I want to read to you is called Vespers, Once I Believed in You. This comes from her book, Wild Iris, which came out in 92. Once I believed in you, I planted a fig tree. Here in Vermont country of no summer, it was a test. If the tree lived, it would mean you existed. By this logic, you do not exist. Or you exist exclusively in warmer climates, in fervent Sicily and Mexico and California, where where are grown the unimaginable apricot and fragile peach. Perhaps they see your face in Sicily. Here we barely see the hem of your garment. I have to discipline myself to share with John and Noah the tomato crop. If there is justice in some other world, those like myself, whom nature forces into lives of abstinence, should get the lion's share of all things, all objects of hunger. Greed being praise of you. And no one praises more intensely than I, with more painfully checked desire, or more deserves to sit at your right hand, if it exists, partaking of the perishable, the immortal fig, which does not travel. Well, you can see um, the talent, the voice, and the unique way with language that Louise Glick is gifted with and has cultivated. She's a, she's a notable poet and worth uh, checking out a little bit more. Wanted to provide you a little sampling of her work on this day when they've announced that she won the, the 2020 Nobel Prize in Literature. So congratulations to her. That is an incredible honor. Uh, with that, this has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you.